Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. The Bigger Picture with Ryan Huang. Money FM 89.3, good morning. It's The Breakfast Huddle. Elliot Dank and Barty Jankdish with you. It's time now for The Bigger Picture with Ryan Huang. Indeed, stocks are selling off overnight on mm-hmm. Wall Street. We're seeing economically sensitive companies in the news, industrials, financials, among the worst performers. Lots of jitters, right, Ryan? That's right, Barty. Sell-off across the board. So you've got a lot to worry about. Slowing economic growth, rising inflation, supply chain bottlenecks, energy crisis that's you know, just spanning across the globe. And of course, the regulatory crackdown in China. So let's get a bigger picture from Ho Wei Fook. He is the CIO from DBS Bank. Morning, Wei Fook. How are you doing today? Very well, thank you. Hey, let's start things off with your fourth quarter outlook. And I'm looking at your report. It has the theme, Stay the Course. You actually started the year with the report being named A New Hope. Then second quarter became back on track, and then hope into reality in the third quarter. So walk us through the thinking here. Stay the course. Yeah, so we have been advocating that you should be engaged with the markets, uh, be invested. The recent jitters in the market, which resulted in uh, some 5% correction, is not unwelcome. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, we welcome that because, you know, looking at the clients' portfolios, they are still very much cashed, you know, cashed up. So we think it's a window of opportunity to re-engage with the markets for those uh, investors who are heavy in cash. And really, what we have been saying is you have to employ the barbell strategy on one end of the portfolio buying to, I would say, secular growth companies. So we have this acronym, you know, IDEA, IDEA, I for innovators, disruptors, E for enablers, and E adapters. We think that kind of companies will do very well, you know, in a world that is digitizing. And then on the other end of your portfolio buying to income-generating assets, you know, like Singapore REITs, you know. Mm. So we have been sticking to this strategy and it has paid off. So, you know, we would really actually quite am uh, quite happy with this kind of uh, short-term correction that we are seeing today. Yeah, nice idea. So really IDEA, innovators, disruptors, enablers and adapters. So there seems to be a bit of a tinge of tech here. I'm just wondering with the you know, narrative here, with the rising yields, a bit of rotation away from growth, What's your take on tech in general? Yeah, tech is in a, what we call a secular, you know, trend, you know, long-term positive irreversible trend. And really, it's making the world a new world, you know, it's changing the world in a very quick manner. And, you know, the, the beneficiaries of that would be, you know, in the areas of e-commerce, you know, mobile, you know, 5G, you know, Internet of Things, you know. And, and therefore, we have them called as innovators because they bring innovation to the way we live work and play. And then the disruptors are those who, you know, like e-commerce companies disrupting the market. Enablers are really, you know, uh, uh, semiconductor companies who actually facilitate mm. innovation and, and disruption. Yeah. Okay, and uh, Wei Fu, just to name an example, would someone like Tesla fall into this category? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Uh, EV, electric vehicle, is, is going to change the world, you know, in 20, 50 to 20 years' time, and for every 100 new cars that will be sold, 60 uh, would be uh, electric vehicles, you know, compared to, I think, only, what, less than 10 today, you know, uh, or even less than five. So 
So uh, Tesla would definitely be a beneficiary. But, you know, when we select stocks, we do not necessarily just go for stocks that are innovators per se. Mm-hmm. We also look that they have the track record of profitability. So there are many technology companies out there that really are still not profitable. That's not the kind of area we we like, we prefer those that are already making money. Okay, how about valuations? Um, do you kind of discount it when you look at growth and innovators? Yeah, so like I said, you know, if the company is innovating and not making money, then, then you know, they do not trade on price to earnings because there is no earnings. They trade on price to sales. And that's not what we are keen on. We prefer those that mm. are trading on price to earnings. You know, like for example, the big tech stocks, they are making lots of money, continue to money, so we like them. Okay, let's look at the fourth quarter and looking at your allocation advice. Um, when you look at the equity space, how are you positioned? I think you are looking at a bit more underweight when it comes to Europe in the long term, or at least in the 12 months, and then Asia, ex-Japan, you're looking from underweight to overweight within the next year. Walk us through the approach here. Yeah, so, you know, when we employ the model strategy, uh, naturally we would go for innovative companies and as a result, the uh, U.S. tends to have a big share of that. When we look for the income part of the uh, barbell strategy, we like Singapore REITs. So near the Asian and the China banks, for example, pays you about 6% mm. yield. We like those. We also like, uh, to some extent, the uh, credit offered in Asia because they are quite high yielding relative to the world. So it's really a bottom-up process that kind of drives, you know, the country allocation. Yeah, you mentioned China banks. Um, that's interesting because a lot's happening in China. You've got the China Evergrande situation. You've got the crackdown happening across industries. In fact, there's a power consumption crackdown right now. What's your take on China investing there? You seem to be quite okay going to banks. Yeah, I think we have to be selective in terms of the sectors. You know, the technology, e-commerce stocks, they look uh, very tempting at these levels, you know, having fallen 50%. But we are not uh, at this point in time going into them yet because we need to see more clarity on the regulatory uh, landscape. Mm-hmm. But banks are insulated from, you know, the regulations. Evergrande will definitely impact the banking sector, but more in the smaller banks. The large banks are not so much impacted, and they pay a very nice yield, dividend yield. Payout ratio is 30%, uh, very much lower than regional and global banks at 50% or more. So we think, you know, for the income, dividend income is sustainable at about 60 and Rayful, just to wrap things up, of course, we've heard about how tapering is going to be coming by the end of the year. Typically, when that happens, you will see developed markets outperforming versus emerging markets. Is the way forward to kind of reduce exposure from EM and go into DM? Yeah, I think in the short term, you know, uh, the next one to quarters, uh, you know, Asia slash emerging markets may underperform developed markets because of two reasons. One, the vaccination rates here are lower. Secondly, you know, when you look at the past, when whenever the Fed, you know, raises uh, uh, Titan's monetary policy like tapering uh, naturally developed markets will do better Okay, we've been chatting whole way folk he is the CIO for DBS Bank helping us with a fourth quarter outlook Wayfolk, thank you for your time and have a great weekend in advance Thank you Thank you, Ryan Before acting on the information on MoneyFM please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives financial situation and risk tolerance To listen to more great interviews download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.